Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is episode 128 of the Audible Farm podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is my favorite coffee, and I'm not just saying that because they're one of the sponsors. It's actually the only coffee I drink. Uh, One of my favorite parts about it is the fact that when I order the coffee, the roaster there, Andrew, will roast coffee specifically for me, and he'll do it for you too. Every order is made specifically for whoever orders it. That's awesome. That means fresh roasted coffee shipped to your door, and it's it's unbeatable, especially in this time and day and age. You kind of won't have stuff shipped to your door. Everybody does the whole shipping thing, so why not ship your coffee too? Hit up CouchtownCoffee.com, have them roast you some beans. They'll ship it out to your house. All you got to do is grind it up and have some of the best coffee you've ever had. Go to www.CouchtownCoffee.com, find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, enter the code word Audible Farm. At least let them know Audible Farm sent you. Why? Because they'll give you 20% off. 20% off just for listening to this podcast. Uh, the reason being is the roaster there, Andrew, is a musician himself. He loves live music. He loves music in general. He's a great guy, and he's he's here to support the music scene. So if you guys want some coffee, if you're coffee drinkers, I highly suggest checking out Couchtown Coffee. Thanks, Couchtown. This episode, I'm sitting down with Micah Smith from the August Guns. I didn't know Micah before the episode, and uh, we kind of chatted a little bit before we did the interview, and then we chatted a little bit afterwards, and I gotta say, I'm a big fan. Micah's Micah's a really cool guy, and uh, they make some good music over there at the August Guns. It's definitely worth a look. Uh, Three-piece band, it's just a three-piece band, but they fill quite a bit of sonic range with just three people. There's a new single that just recently came out. It's titled Wait for Spring. So check that out. There's singles and albums and everything out online. They're going to be releasing more singles upcoming. So that's definitely worth a look. We talk about all kinds of stuff in here, including social media, uh, making music videos. Some of the music videos they've made are insanely cool. So if you're into checking out music videos, check those out. There is a playlist on the um, on the Audible Farm YouTube channel there with Iowa music videos. I tossed some of their music videos in there, so maybe check out that playlist and scroll through, or scroll down below and just click on some of the August Guns links and listen for yourself. It's some great stuff. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed sitting down talking with Micah. He's a great person. So uh, it's episode number 128 with Micah Smith from the August Guns. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down with Micah Smith. You, uh, What do you play in the August Guns? I didn't even ask you before the interview. I play accordion and no, um, I play guitar. <laughs> I write the songs, and this is my first project singing too. So that's been like the most scary, difficult, but like rewarding thing. I mean, it's I still don't. I say I'm the the third best singer on our band, the three piece. But um, like I've, I've, it's been gratifying to like work on that and get better than I was i wouldn't call myself a good singer but that's where it's at so you do all the singing in the in the music then yeah um well the other guys do vocals too um we all sing and honestly they're better than i am like i i'm serious 
that their voices are better than mine. And then I do some of the harsh vocals, and Kirk, our bass player, also does some harsh vocals. So we're all doing that, and we work out like harmonies and, and kind of try and make it lush like that as well. So uh, I'm going to ask you a question that I saw somebody had asked online on one of your music videos. Does it hurt your voice to sing those harsh style vocals? <laughs> you know, if you do it properly, it doesn't. You could – so I had to overcome – Man, just like being really scared of singing in front of people. And I'm not like a super loud, verbose uh, guy. Like some people can just do it and have no fear. Like I'm so self-conscious about it that it took me years and years to like do it in front of people. And super scary singing into a microphone in front of folks. But like if you have breath support from your diaphragm, instead of trying to do it all with your throat, everything goes so much better. Like if you're using – the right part of your body, you can make all sorts of scary sounds um, and you're totally fine. But if you don't have good breath support, you'll just wreck the crap out of your throat. Yeah, so, I, I can imagine. Um, I every, both. <laughs> every time I hear people sing like that, it's just, I don't, I don't know if I could even get my voice to do that. So just the fact that people can do that um, is pretty cool. I mean, I, obviously there's some tips and tricks you can do to, to make it sound you know, really screamy. Um, you could do the whole mic cupping thing and, and, and adjust the, you know, the feedback of it. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I haven't done that one yet. Uh, well, you you kind of can't cause you're playing at the same time. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, August guns, who else is in the band? Let's give them shout outs too, while we're at it here at the beginning. Shout out to my dudes. Royce Alanese is our drummer and, um, another vocalist. And then our bass player, Kirk Phillips, he is the the bread to our butter right there. He's the last guy to join, so he's really makes it kind of what it is. I love my favorite part about being in a band and being in like a, a project is when it stops being mine and becomes ours. And so like over these past couple of years, it's just been really cool to see what has come out of like the three of us coming together and and collaborating over it. So dude, that's um, that's dudes beautiful way of saying it too when a project becomes the project and not just the thing one person started it becomes an entity on its own and it and no longer has this weird like attachment to just one person um i'm not trying to like point fingers or anything but like there's a lot of bands you know even in iowa and stuff that just seem to go that way and i've i've been in some and i'm cool with it like it's it's actually pretty fun to be a backseat driver in a band and just kind of be like, mm. Hey, hey, Sucks. Yeah, hey, play this stuff. And you're like, all right, cool. Here's the, here's the stuff. And then that's the end of it, you know, but it is also kind of fun to have your own creative input and let everybody else just kind of throw something in a can, spin it around and see what comes out the other end. Well, and, the, and there's some point to like having that single creative vision. So it comes out like, so I write the songs, but I kind of don't polish them. And then I bring it to the dudes and then they like pick it apart and say, how about this? And let's try this and whatever. And like, it gets so much better than that. And it helps combat what I call ugly baby syndrome, where like, if it's my creative entity and this is my baby, like, I, I don't care that it has three eyes and like 18 toes and stuff, like it's my precious, you know, I've worked on it so hard. And it things become so much better when you take the risk to like, let your baby be open to like, Mm, maybe we should try that or dude that that just doesn't sound good like um it's it's hard but do, uh, <laughs> we're like five minutes in and you've you've given me two beautiful nuggets already like that <laughs> that's that's amazing dude i i love the analogies you're coming up with for this because you know it is kind of like that that's one of the reasons i kind of don't put my music out there though is because sometimes i'm just like 
like you said, this baby's mine and I don't want anybody else to see it. And I don't want anybody else to make fun of it either. You know, my precious, don't talk about the unibrow. Don't do it. (laughs) Oh man. So how did you guys end up like coming together and starting this band? Then Let me ask you that. So I actually started the idea for, um, the August guns way back in like 2013 because I played in a band in Waterloo and, um, I just got to the point where like, I wanted to try something different it was very much like we were at the point where we either need to like commit or quit, you know, crap or get off the pot, whatever. And I wanted to crap. I wanted to go all in. I wanted to like, like be, have that be our, our, our life. And not everybody was on the same page. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm starting a new one. So I moved down to Des Moines. My life totally fell apart. Um, like just life changing, spiritual, emotional, vocational, just everything all changes. And um, for a couple of years, I just like was picking, kind of floating along, sort of picking up the pieces of my life and I would write some songs. And then in about 2015, I met a few dudes um, through church and they were musicians. And so we got together. I was like, hey, I got this project going and they joined me. Um, we worked hard, did a, did a record called Salome down here. And then over the next few years, a couple members came and went. And I think in 20... Gosh, 2017, 2016, something like that. Um, Royce joined the band, and he's like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. Like some drummers just have this like crack to their playing, just like there, there's a sound in it that just. I heard him play the first time, and I was like, this is it right here. Like this is my dude, and we just like musically, we just are very intuitive and get along really well. Um, and so we wrote our next record and then our bass player, we got a different one and Kurt came in and now he's added his own, you know, feng shui to it. And this would be record number two that's coming out with our particular blend. But so it's, it's been like a long process, but for being active, active, it's only been like what, five years, five, six years, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, you said another thing there about like, sometimes you, there's a lot of people that talk about like the bassist and the drummer being like, you know, married at the hip and they, and they kind mm-hmm. of are, but there is also something special to say about a, a guitarist and a drummer that mesh well together. Um, I played a lot with no bassist and a drummer, um, through most of my, you know, playing in my twenties when I was just kind of dinking around and stuff. So I, I learned how to, you know, maybe use rhythms and palm mutes and little ditties that are like, oh, I, I bet the drummer's going to throw a triplet at the end of this. So we'll do some triplet stuff, you know, and I started to learn how to kind of like mimic the rhythms of the guitar to to the drums and kind of match it up. And it's one of those things that I think is, um, I don't want to say undervalued, but I feel like that's something that is kind of one of those weird things where like the, a rhythm guitarist and a bassist aren't terribly far off from one another, you know? So if you, yeah. if you kind of lean in towards the bass end of things, you can kind of really start to, like I said, have this really good connection with the drummer that makes things extra tight, you know? And, and one of the things that I wanted to do when starting the August Guns, like I came from a five piece where everybody's like, you know, like Wayne's world and shredding all over the place and stuff. And I wanted to like, go the other way of take it back, like just have very kind of stripped down. Everybody's on the same, like very syncopated, very tight. And that's what I was like. I want to have it be a three piece band, like just really kind of 
start with subtraction and like go with the bare bones and then add things on top versus like everybody's like, well, now I've got to like shred and do this crazy like tapping bass lick and stuff like that. Like I, when there's so much going on, it, it kind of takes away from the whole, like all the parts get too much and it sort of takes away from the whole. So like, um, yeah, I just kind of changed my philosophy on songwriting and that, but Royce and I just have a very like intuitive, you talked about like triplets at the end of things like, our, I don't know, our rhythmic sensibilities are pretty in tune with that. So, and I think we've, as a band, we've expanded out a little bit more into, I don't know, maybe a more lush sound and stuff like that over the past couple of releases, but it's all growing. It's all like a constant process. And I'm excited about these new songs because I think they're the best we've done so far, but like, I'm excited about future songs because I think we can do better too. So it's, it's a continual thing. Yeah. Uh, you were mentioning being in another band, uh, you know, doing the whole dealy dealy dealy, you know, that whole thing. And uh, what what was the whole story with that band? I mean, it t- I think it takes a lot of a lot of work to be in a band that plays a lot of notes like that. Um, it's not something that you can just be like, uh, hey, you want to play a show with us this weekend? Here's here's the songs. It's not something you can just do like that. So, how yeah. how did you go from being in um what I might call like a fusiony kind of shreddy type of band into what I would call maybe, I don't know, it's not even new rock, but it's that like post-rock, post-punk rock kind of um, a thrice-ish kind of sound that you guys have. Yeah. I think just for one thing, like the old band, um, I love those guys, love them to death, super talented, but like I think part of it is just maturity as far as like when when you can realize that you can play something really simple and like groove and have it sound good versus like having to always try and be impressive um i know that at least like for me and my what i wanted to add to a song i remember like always wanting to do something like make it kind of of cool and like when you have five people and they're doing that like it it kind of ends up a lot of specials is like like a cake made of all sprinkles you know what i mean like there's no you know, meat to it. And so we're, we're all, we're all over with that. But I mean, those guys, I, they're super talented, but I think just, you know, maturity and songwriting. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. I was kind of stubborn with it too. And be like, okay, I've, I've done this and now I want to do this. So I'm going back and forth. Sometimes just changing the genre you play in is, is enough to give you that second breath of fresh air to kind of realize like, you know, I don't, I don't dislike what I was doing, but it's nice to have this other thing to do as well. You know, it's, uh, like you said, it's nothing against any other band members or, or, uh, you use the term maturity, but I mean, that one's, that's another one we can throw in air quotes big time Yeah. because <laughs> what I tell you about air quotes, not <laughs> yeah. dude, I feel you though. Like, uh, when I was growing up, I felt like, uh, you had to be show off. You had to you had to be able to shred a bunch. People had to just sit there and be like, Oh, my mind is blown by your technical abilities. And you know, <laughs> yes. and, um, the older I got, the more I was just kind of like, yeah, you know, that's not always the case. You can have like a, a certain kind of energy on stage. You know, you can you can be that guy from a rhythm guitar standpoint. You don't have to always just shred and play tons and tons of notes. And and it's not like everybody's, you know, I always think like everyone's a good guitarist and they judge you based on that. But not everyone is like a shred-tastic guitarist that's just like, this guy yeah. can't shred, you know. And it's that weird thing where like, I think a lot of us has have that in our brains where we're like, if we don't shred and just kick a bunch of butt right now, nobody's going to like our music and they're just going to walk out. And, uh, 
you know, it's just a weird thing. I feel like you said it comes a lot with, uh, with age. Like when I was younger, I played a lot of like metal type stuff, you know, just heavy, you know, you get your Metallicas and Megadeths and stuff. And it was, that was the best, you know, and now I'm cool with playing country music and then all sorts of stuff, you know, I, genres are open to, to anything, you know, and it's, it's kind of crazy though. Like how, I still think it's, did you like bands kind of like thrice and things like that? Um, and that's why you kind of lean this way or was it just something that was like, Oh, I wrote this thing and this is kind of just how it came out. So I think like metal got me through high school and like, I was really, I think that was part of the shreddiness as far as in my, my first bands were more like, I, I got really, really, really into like, um, Gosh, Opeth was my favorite band in high school. Like, I love them. Now they've gone like prog rock. That's a whole other story. I'll cry about it later. But, um, <laughs> like, yeah, so I was, I was really into metal. And then I kind of got into more of, of this group. And people had different influences. And they, they expanded my tastes. And so I got into more of that, like, alternative emo post-hardcore stuff. So I remember the, our old singer was, like, brand new. It was his his biggest thing and at first i was like this sucks there's no shredding blah 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 but then i i realized like no like this this is really good just in a different way and so i kind of got off my high horse as far as um uh like technicality comes and now i'm just i'm a lot more chill uh like i went through my when i started the august guns i was very much getting into like a punk rock phase of you know what screw technicality i'm just going to be like you know fast and energetic and, and more about that versus the shreddiness of it. Um, and yeah, thrice was, was one of my favorite bands, but I was kind of on the fence about them because they weren't there, especially their older stuff has gotten less technical as they've matured too. I mean, their first couple records, artist in the ambulance and illusion of safety, identity crisis were more, like, yep. but, um, yeah, when it, when it chilled out, I realized like, they don't have to shred, but they can also be super powerful and super dynamic without having to like, you know, sweet pick and, and do all those kind of things. And yeah, now, I mean, anymore, like I, I feel like I gravitate between like bluegrass and alt country and then death metal. Like those are my two areas where I'm, I'm going. I don't <laughs> so. And you just met in the middle and <laughs> yeah. And, and here we are. I don't, I don't know, but that's what I'm listening to right now. So, no, I, I feel you though too. Once again, with uh, it's this weird thing where I feel like melodies might be more important the older we get, or or the the harmony of the music, or um, uh, the the cliche is the space between the notes, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I I feel like that definitely has something to be said. Like you fall in love with the space between the notes. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to like point anybody out but like kiss kiss is a band i play i played a cover song of kisses at one of the last shows i played and it was just like this song is so easy and there's like barely any notes but it's just the whole fact that it's got a simple rhythm nobody's shredding or anything but it's like this is this is a decent song you know and it's not like they went over the top and made you know like he said sweet picking all over the place and but yeah it's it's one of those weird things where i feel once you said again like getting off your high horse that's that's something a lot of us um I feel as musicians kind of do eventually as we progress in our musical journeys, you know, um, like I said, I, I used to just be like, well, if it's not as heavy as Megadeth, I don't want to hear it, you know, and I don't even want to play it. And, uh, and now I'm to the point where I'm playing, you know, you know, George Strait songs and stuff like that, you know, on the sides or, or playing like folk music at jam nights and and things like that. So, 
I've uh, I've definitely changed a lot over the years, and it seems like you know I'm not the only one that's doing it. You are too. You're kind of just just uh, changing with the times and and things like that. You were uh, discussing an album, um, but I've noticed a lot of your stuff gets released, or at least recently, you've been releasing singles. Um, mm-hmm. I like to discuss that with people. What's your take on the album versus singles in the 2021 Spotify music market? Yeah, so so the world has, like, I feel like we're overcoming a mindset of coming out of, like, the 80s, 90s, 2000s, where, like, you could drop, like, I remember being so excited for, you know, whatever band's new album, and you'd go to Sam Goody or FYE or some other defunct media outlet to where, and pick up your, your favorite band's new record, and now it's all online, and you can get it immediately, and it's all streaming, and so, like, the world has, has kind of tipped on its side as far as like okay instead of dumping 10 songs right here and everybody's excited for it now because of instant access and streaming stuff it's kind of more about like putting out content and like continually producing things that will kind of pique people's interests at least for a tiny amount of time and so getting that more bang for your buck and the mileage of people's attention because we're so inundated with like just thousands and thousands of of, of bands and music videos and podcasts and stuff like that. And so it's kind of just a, a, a change that um, is made in the light of the reality that we have, just the way that the music industry is right now. So yeah, this new record is just coming out single by single by single with like a video companion thing for each of them. And um, it, it's, it's a lot more work, I think. Mm-hmm. But you just you kind of have to change with the times or die a little bit in some aspects, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far like that, I think is a more uh, an area where I'm more willing to embrace that than like I guess with the music that we write, it kind of just is what it is. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. It's not your thing. There's you know a, a million other things to choose from, so go for it. But um, the release strategy, I think, is just th- that's something that. I, so far, it's been really good to just. This is even our second single that we've released. We've got three more coming out, and so. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, there's just. I'm, I'm excited to see what it happens this time for this release cycle, and then you know if it will take what works from this one and leave try something else for the next one. So. Yeah, I think you're bang on with that too, because it's uh, the way social media works, and and I mean it's generally just social media the way it's changed everything. It's, mm-hmm. I mean you could post once a day on your social media and it may not even be enough, you know? And, uh, so you liken that to putting out albums. You could put out one album a year, but it might not be enough, you know? And like you said, if you have an album and it's got, I mean, we'll just say six songs on it. Every two months you release something brand new and people get to see new stuff six times a year instead of just throwing it all out there at once and saying, gobble it all up. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's almost like, like you're helping people ration, your new music instead of just being like, here's a pile of food, make it last all year. You're just like, here's a couple nibbles here. Here's a couple nibbles there. And uh, people are looking forward to the next nibbles they're going to get, you know? Cause when you dump it all on, like it, most of it honestly gets overlooked because our, our, we have like goldfish attention spans anymore. So like, Oh, that song's cool. That song's cool. Bored. Now I'm onto YouTube and I'm TikTok and or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like doing stuff like that. So it's just, it's changed. And, and being sour about it doesn't get you anywhere. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's the biggest battle for me is to like to embrace the um, 
the, the kind of like the vapid <laughs> reality of, of the way that we consume music and, and stuff anymore. And like, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to be more positive and embrace like having to make social media posts on a consistent basis and, and come up with new content that actually serves people versus, you know, doing it out of obligation and hating my life. That's, so. that's true. I, uh, I listened to a podcast not terribly long ago. It was, uh, Mike Schulte from the pork tornadoes had one. Uh, it's the Iowa music podcast. It was a cup, a couple weeks back. He released the episode, but he discussed that about how, like, you kind of have to post every day and sometimes more than once a day. And, um, you know, you can actually use your like schedule features on the Facebook app in order to schedule stuff out. So you don't have to like set an alarm and be like 11 o'clock. I got to write something and post it. You know, it, you can just auto post it and it, it does it all for you. It's kind of a nice feature that I think some people should take advantage of. Um, another one might be the cross posting feature, you know, on like Instagram, you can cross post around with that. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to have like Hootsuite or any of those you know, multi-social media platforming type things to post across everything. Um, you know, you, we, we, did, we were talking about singles. I'm going to mention, I don't think I mentioned it at the beginning. We were talking a little bit beforehand about it, but you, you do have a new single that uh, came out, um, I guess at the time we're recording this, it came out a couple weeks ago, and it was uh, Wait for Spring. It came out February 12th. Mm -hmm. um, is that the was that the first song on this uh, album, or was that the second song on this album that you're? It's the, the second song on the album. The first one was was released on New Year's Day, called "Be Not Burned Up," uh, and we got a lot of good, cool traction, good feedback from that. And this one's a little different, a little lighter, a little like more pop punk alternative esque, and we've had a lot of really cool reaction to that too. So. Um, and the, the next one coming out is, is different than that. So I'm just excited to see what lands and, and what doesn't. So Yeah. You, you were talking about making video packages for all these. And it's not just something as simple as making a video package. You got full-blown music videos for this stuff. Not just, and not just like, you know, guy holding an iPhone music video, which there's nothing wrong with that. I've made those music videos, and they work great. But, yeah. but <laughs> you actually have like some high-end professional stuff with post-editing and the whole nine yards. How did you figure all that out or did you do it all did you have somebody else help you out with it or how does that work out so we are blessed with some really really talented friends um and this would be the second so i guess technically be not burn up was our third like big music video um and it's it's so much about who you know um we know there's a, a videographer in des moines named andrew peterson another videographer named hannah wright those were the guys who did like the actual shooting for us as far as the live band footage and the actors and stuff like that. And then one of Royce's good buddies is a guy named Chris Norsworthy out of um, Louisiana. I think he's in New Orleans. And he did the, the animation that was on this newest video. So like after we did all the filming and they did all the editing and stuff, then we sent it down to him and he did this animation and kind of took it to a really cool um, different place. And I, I don't know. I don't know why these talented like people will work with us because I'm like kind of feel like a Wayne's World thing. Like we're not worthy. Like <laughs> it, it's just amazing how these people can do what they do because I I can barely I feel like your grandma on uh, social media and like using phones and stuff like that. Like how does this work? How do you, you know they're in the like I'm technologically incompetent and so people who can like do that kind of stuff just amaze me but they're they're awesome yeah yeah i do have to like admit that that is like one of those things 
some people don't want to admit that it's that it's who you know and there is you know to an extent like let me put it this way if you guys' music stunk you wouldn't have thousands of listens on spotify though so like you can't just be like well it's I mean, the other, the other, the videographer did all the work. He made it good. It's like, no, you guys had to have good music in order for somebody to even want to work with you in the first place. So, and, and I'm not lying. You, you, some, I looked it up on Spotify. Some of your stuff has thousands and thousands and thousands of listens. So it's not, like I said, it's not like, don't sell yourself short on this and be like, well, we are not worthy because you most certainly are. You know, I've, I've been in bands that haven't cleared thousands of listens. Um, so it's, it's not something to take lightly. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, it's, it's still a wild thing. And this is kind of an insecurity as an artist that like comes out of my head, but you know how you, it's, it's hard to tell the difference between like fans and friends. Like, you know, my mom thinks our music is awesome or my little brother thinks that I'm the coolest dude. And and so there's that insecurity in the back of my mind. There's like, do you, do you really like it? Or do you like me? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Or like, do you love it? Or do you love me? And so anytime we interact with somebody who we don't have a personal connection with, who's like, dude i love the music i'm like to me that's it's a little dangerous for me because it kind of strokes the ego and i'm like oh my gosh somebody actually likes what i did oh man maybe all this time and effort and energy is is like worth it or or whatnot but so yeah it's growing listens in spotify and all that stuff that's it's a grind and so it's really really it's encouraging when somebody actually finds your music and likes it and has no um, no, like ulterior motives or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no ulterior motive to, and not that you know my mom has any ulterior <laughs> motive to support me, but she's just a sweet woman, you know. Like that's what it is. But yeah, I'm totally with you. I I feel that like it's so weird because I had somebody at the last show I played come up, and I I I'm pretty sure I'm friends with them on Facebook, but we don't like interact or talk or anything. And he was like, "Dude, I listen mm-hmm. to your podcast every week," and it was like, "Boom! I can't believe it. That is so crazy," yeah. you know. But there is that artist thing where like some of it is the stroking of the ego, but some of the other end of it is like, I better not mess this up now. I got people yeah. listening and people depending on me. This is better be good. You know? So there is that other end of it that, uh, I, I do feel a lot of us actually have those emotions that you're describing. I mean, regardless of whether or not some of us want to admit it, cause some of us, you know, like, well, I'm heavy, I'm metal. I don't, I don't know. My only emotion is anger, you know? <laughs> so like there are some of that, but at the same time, I, I've, everything you're describing, I feel like I've felt the same way, um, at one point in time too. So you're, I mean, you're not far off as far as, you know, the way you're considering all this. Um, I'm sure other people, think the same way too if anybody else thinks the same way hit us up uh no i don't know but um we feel your feelings yes to it. It. <laughs> so let's talk about playing live shows um live shows are all but non-existent uh yep. there there are some live shows and uh they're legal to have uh people can be safe out there in public if they want to so you can go to a show if you want to but you can also choose to not go to a show if you want to so it's cool um, a lot of bands are doing the live stream thing. That's fine. Um, you know, so let's, uh, let's come at this from an objective point of view. And, uh, let's just say based on all these facts that it's like safe to play live and things like that, but not everyone wants to go out. Are you guys playing any live shows anywhere? Have you played any this year? Oh, you're making me sad, man. Um, so last thing we did was, hmm. Gosh, I want to say it's probably in March of last year. And we did a live stream from Lefties. And it was 
it was super awesome. Uh, it was really cool to, so I always tell my guys, like I, I heard the three to 3000 rule somewhere along the line, but you got to play the same to three people as you would to 3000. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we kind of, you know, pour it all out there. You know, if it's, it's a good show, if, if your fingers are bloody and you're, you got a headache and you feel like crap the next day, like that's, that's just how we try and roll. Yeah. Um, and we're very experienced at playing in front of very few people. <laughs> Are um, we all? <laughs> yeah, I I remember. So see, um, three one nine fest in Cedar Rapids. We've been there a few times, and gosh, this year we played. They like sequestered the the metal and the rap stage off in like a parking lot away from the festival, mm-hmm. and there was no shade. So we're there's three of us. We we set up our stuff in this it's blazing hot parking lot. It's like ninety some degrees, no shade, nothing like that. We start our set. I'm yelling to like, we're way out there. No one can hear us from, I think we got like maybe three people to come and watch, including the sound. Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Um, But it, like you got to play the same to them as you would to anybody else. So it's just about having fun, like going wild and, and um, yeah, just giving it your all. And that's kind of how it was with the live stream, except with less pressure. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know. We were, it was just like, this is weird. This is innovative. Let's, Let's do it. And and looking back, I, I, I thought it was like, man, we, we brought the energy. But you also get that artist critique of be like, ooh, I got to I got to work on supporting my breath there because I kind of go flat and, and all those kind of things. So getting out of that and just enjoying it for what it was is a moment in time of like here was here was this performance. Here's what was good about it. Here's what was not. Um, and that was the last time we got to play because we really focused on writing and recording uh this new set of songs we did this studio in august and then from there it's been a lot of work of like post and mixing and getting these videos and stuff like that and i i don't i don't know i like i have to be kind of careful with like exposure just i've got some family who have compromised immune systems and stuff so um i've got to be a little bit more careful with that so right now we don't have any live shows planned. I actually had to shut somebody down via email. They were like, hey, we're coming through at this time. And I was like, we're not booking shows right now. Like, sorry, bro. But um, I don't know. I, like the whole future of everything is up in the air right now. So it just it kind of sucks because there's nothing quite like that feeling. And I don't know what I'm going to get to feel that again. So, yeah, I like the three to three thousand rule. I feel like. uh I feel like that's one that some people might argue with because there is this thing where like, I'm sure we've all seen it where you go to see a band play live and you're in a bar with 40 people in it and they're playing like there's an arena, you know, and, and some people are like, dude, just tone it down. But at the same rate, like, that's cool. I'd rather have that than people just standing there all melancholy, like not moving at all, you know, yeah. not even seeming into their music at all. But there, like I said, there is a little difference between the three to 3000 rule and, uh, there is a little bit of difference between that and like I'm an '80s band in an arena in 1989. You know, just yeah. There's there's no budget. There's like a bazillion lights and smoke machines and everyone's partying and the hair's huge. And um, but I I'm with you. I like to be energetic on stage. I uh, I play rhythm guitar in a punk band, so it's not like I get to be too flashy and shreddy and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's cool. I'm all right with it. But that also is just like, man, I'm moving around the stage. Um, I'm doing the power stance. I'm, I'm playing with like the shoulder movement instead of just, just, just the picking hand kind of thing. You know, I'm doing the whole punk rock head banging and, 
and that whole thing and like the last show i played like you said i was just like man my neck kind of hurt then i was just like yeah my hips kind of hurt and i was like well i power stanced for like seven minutes straight oh this is terrible (laughs) (laughs) but uh you know we've been blessed in in the band i'm in three finger betty to be able to at least you know go out there and play a few shows this year which we wanted to to play with you guys before all of this this stuff Mm -hmm. came down so I don't know. Maybe one day we will grace the stage together. But yes, um, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's hard to find like artists in the Des Moines area. Like Des Moines is a weird music scene, so it's like, yeah, it, it is. I I know so many people that don't want to admit that. I know so many people that talk very poorly about it too, though. Like, oh, the Des Moines music scene. There's too many musicians. It's all butt metal, and everybody hates each other, and then nobody gets paid at the venues, and dirkety dirkety dirk. And all I gotta say is this. Just support each other. That's what it comes yeah. down to is supporting each it's other. It's what you make it, so quit being a douche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we played it at Hull, got a payout. It was a payout that was big. People bought our merch. We were on a I mean, we're a punk band, but we were with two metal bands. It's it all worked out fine. <laughs> Nobody hated each other, you know? And uh it's it's I trust me, I get it. It's tough to go in there with a positive mindset every time. But if you do, it's gonna come out better. Like you said, it's what you make of it that it's really gonna be the the big thing. For um sure. I do want to touch back on that Lefty's live stream. I bet if you go to Lefty's YouTube page or at least their Facebook page, they could, you could probably see August Guns live on there somewhere. I know the videos, they left them up online somewhere. Yeah, it's around. Yeah, so yeah. if anybody's bored and wants to dig it up and watch me like struggle to breathe properly to hit all the notes, I'm there. But we uh, we, we bring the energy. We don't always bring perfect pitch, but we bring the energy. So, Dude, there, like I said, there's something to say about that because everybody kind of gets into it with you. If you're if you're getting into your own music, other people are going to follow suit. But like I said, if you're just standing there like, you know, people are just going to be like, well, these guys don't even like what they're doing. You know, <laughs> why would yeah. I go nuts? I, I hate watching musicians or playing with musicians who look like they've they've really got to drop a deuce and like they're just holding it in like they look so uncomfortable but they might be you know fantastically accurate and everything like that but if you look miserable on stage i'm not like man this guy knows what a good time is about like and in, in contrast to that like one of my favorite bands as far as stage presence um there's uh well two one the chariot um like when i i first saw their their they just blew me away but uh, i saw horse the band in like 2007 i think and it was a they were with uh, between the Barry and me at the picador in iowa city and i had no idea who horse the band were they showed up late they were rude to the crowd someone was like you're late and the singer was like you're late 10 month baby and then they just ripped into their <laughs> set and the whole place like they brought just insane amount of energy and they like they've been one of my favorite bands ever since not for their precision but for their like they're just nuts energy that they destroyed the venue it was so cool yeah um, so. maybe not your favorite band professionalism wise you know? yeah no they're they're kind of not always very you know kind but like musically they're super awesome and they've got like keyboard and stuff like that they're unique but yeah, I, I've seen Between the Buried Me, great band. Um, you know, that's that's another one of those fun things, like going in slightly open-minded to a show where you're like, I'm going to see this band, and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna consciously make it, make a choice not to just boo the headliner, you know, <laughs> and, and uh, then you'd sit there and you take it all in, and you're like, this actually isn't so bad, you know. And I've I found a lot of fun bands doing that, you know, where you go to see one band and you're like, oh, this band actually surprised me because I've seen this other band six times already, you know, and yeah. 
Well, and BT Bam is like one of those bands on the other end of the spectrum where they're super like very tight, like incredible musically, but they don't move all that much. Like Tommy will go around and rah, 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 like, but everybody else is very kind of hyper focused on their their instrument and and playing excellently. But then what struck me about Horse is that they just they they just didn't care and they just ripped it apart. Like the whole venue exploded. Um, it was awesome. So yeah, that's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah, the live show thing. It's tough. It's really tough. But I will say, I'm, I'm going to come back to that lefties thing and say lefties did a great job um, inviting bands in one at a time to play shows and, and stream them. And and obviously, like, it was tough for bands to get a cut of anything because there's nobody in there to buy merch. You know, mm-hmm. so so it's kind of one of those dings where it's just like, well, if you want to play, you can come here and play and we'll, we'll record it and put it online. And they had great audio, great video. Um, I think it was just single camera shots. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but it worked well. It really worked well, yeah. and um, you know you got to commend lefties for giving people a place to play, even when nothing else was open, and doing it as you know as safely as they thought they could to to get it yeah. done. Yeah, so. and Eric and Ann and Brad, like those guys, have just been. I mean, if I were to to pick like a home venue for us, that would be it. Like lefties has always been super good to us, and just opening, like giving us a, a spot to play and. Mm-hmm. and give us as much opportunity as possible even sometimes more than we could take because like you know life and being old and married and kids and stuff like that like you can't just we're not quite the spring chickens that we used to be so we can't just like pick up and go on tour for three months at a time but yeah oh man uh the music video things uh i've actually created a, a youtube playlist it's like I can't remember the exact name of it, like music videos from Iowa bands or something like that. Mm-hmm. So if you search that, you can find a playlist with music videos from bands across Iowa spanning the last 20 years, all different genres. And uh, your guys's three music videos are on there. I think there's three. Uh, pretty sure all three that's, are on there. That's all we got. So if there's a fourth one, we've got a, an imposter here. <laughs> I'll have to I'll have to double check to make sure I put them all on there because I put everything on there except for your new single. And then today I was like, oh, crap, I didn't put the new single on there. So I put that in there today. And uh, so there's, there's that YouTube playlist if anybody's looking for that to check out um, August Gunn's music videos. Otherwise, they're on your YouTube page with, with everything else, even um, audio from your, your previous releases and things like that. Uh, you you got a pretty good YouTube page when it comes down to having all that stuff kind of just organized in one spot because you can, like I said, you can find all the music, pretty much all the music you've made there. Um, so that's that's another thing I feel like gets uh, underrated is is just bands and their social media. And I'm 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 not saying everyone has to be a social media savvy pro about it, but I feel like you guys have done a pretty good job with your social media as far as being able to to reach out and create like a professional place for people to come find you and and enjoy your material. It's, it's tough, man. Like, so that's actually what, like one of the things that I do in the band. And again, the biggest struggle is like the attitude of it for me, like to, to come into it, um, trying to like love people and serve people through the content that we post instead of being like, look at me, look at me, look at me. Cause that's what social media feels like to me. And it just feels really vain. And I, I don't know if I don't believe in something, it's really hard for me to do it. So I'm like, here, you know, if I come in with the attitude of attitude of got a post today and here's another check out my music, look at me sort of thing. Like I just I burn out with that really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Um, So like the battle for me is like internally, how do I how do we come up with content that actually like can be useful to people, can actually make give some kind of a positive impact to their their day. And then also um, 
you know, grow in professionalism and, and like you said, having every all that source of things where it's not impossible to navigate and is is clear for people what they're finding. And I don't know, I feel like even within the last couple of weeks, I've had to write like a PR bio and change up some different things and stuff like, so it's just a continual process of learning. And um, yeah, but the, the biggest fight is man, like right, right here with how I feel about the attitude of of going into that kind of stuff. Cause if I go on autopilot, I'm like, screw this. I just want to play my guitar. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that's known me for, you know, most of my life knows that I was like ludicrously headstrong about 10 years back when I was younger, I had that whole like 10 foot tall and bulletproof kind of mindset, which is, it's okay to have, but uh, it depends on how you use it. So like when I would post back in the day, I'd just be like, dude, I'm the greatest. Check out all this cool stuff I do. I'm, a, I'm so awesome. Everyone should just love everything I do. And now I'm well reserved. I'm, I'm very not that person anymore. And uh, it's tough to be on the other end of that too. Cause like you said, if your heart's not in it, uh, I end up posting like self-deprecating things where it's just like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be at a thing tonight in Des Moines playing some stuff. Come check it out. And it's like, that's not a good promotion for like your band yeah, at all. Yeah. Good job, Eeyore. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I get that. I naturally fall into that end of the spectrum where I'm like, here's some stuff. Probably sucks. There's a lot of things to do, but try it out. So. You know. I'm glad I'm not the only one, dude, because sometimes it works out when you post stuff like that because people are like, ah, that's pretty funny, actually. This guy, you know, he's not yeah. taking himself seriously like everyone else is. And there, uh, There's a balance to find, and some people really have that, like um, uh, Bill Murray, the, the the band, I don't know, he was, he was a guy in Attack Attack, but now he goes under the name Bill Murray, and he's good at that, like, tongue-in-cheek, low-quality, but high-quality, like, meme and social, he's, like, really, really brilliant at it. But like that's his thing. So if I would try to replicate that, it would just be like, oh look at here's here's Micah trying to be Bill Murray right here. Like <laughs> I I don't know. You you got to find your thing and, and creating a brand and all that stuff. It's that's a whole other animal. But yeah, and some of it comes down to just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. You know, as far yep. as social media, if you see some someone else do something that was successful, put your own spin on it. Try it out. You know, uh, as dumb as it sounds, like some of the best three finger Betty posts have been memes. We used to post like memes every now and then where it's just like justin bieber dumb at music you know and people were just like hooray and it was like okay that's 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 cool we got the reaction we wanted to and i think that was our most popular post in like 2019 or something was like a justin bieber meme and it was like all right we need to do something about this let's make the meme about us you know or like or like the album we just put out or whatever and it's actually been kind of fun because people are sharing some of the memes where it's just like indiana jones and he's like you know instead of He's in the whatever Temple of Doom or whatever movie. I don't know. I'm not a big Indiana Jones fan, but he's like staring at her album instead of whatever that gold doohickey he's trying to steal out mm-hmm. of the caves was. You probably know. I don't know. I'm not good at. Yeah, he's trying to snatch the idol off the thing, and yeah, yeah, but that's yours. Bingo. Yes. So I replaced the idol with uh, the Three Finger Betty new EP, you know, and people are just like, "That's funny," and it's like, "Yeah, it is kind of funny," and it kind of. Yeah makes people laugh and see what you're trying to get at too. And you don't have to be, make this big post where it's like, dude, we are so cool. You got to buy our album. It's only five bucks, you know, band camp, woo, woo, woo. You know, and it's, that's another thing. It's tough not to be a shill online to be like, yeah, took my stuff out. And, I'm so cool. Buy it, pay me money. And you're kind of like taking that and making it your own a bit too. You can tell a band is getting tired when they're just kind of posting. You can tell when people quit trying, you know what I mean? Or they're just going on autopilot. I can tell when I quit trying and I go on autopilot. So it's, yeah, there's, 
it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> There's an art to it. And, uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, let's see here. We're going to go back through this. Wait for spring was the single that just recently came out. What's the next single coming out? Do you know, uh, do you have the name for it yet? Uh, I do. The next single is a song called safer in the shadows. Um, I think this is the first speaking of that name into the internet right here. No one knows about that yet. So Ooh. that will be, that will come out, I think the end of next month, if I remember on the cycle. So, and it's, it's, I mean, the, the name sounds darker. The song is darker. Um, it's I, I'm interested to see how this one will be received. We actually finished and wrote it in the studio. Um, that was the one song that we didn't have arranged and all finished up by the time we went down there. And then I ended up playing some grand piano on it. Um, we did a few arrangement things. And I ended up playing the piano on a, a section which I thought I was going to use another instrument on it. So it's... It sounds cool, and um, it's 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 different. So, um, while we're on while we're on the topic of music and, and things coming out and the titles of songs and content within songs, um, we did talk a little bit about it before the podcast. But let's uh, I do want to bring it up here because other people might want me to ask it. Are you guys? Um, would you call yourselves a Christian band? Um, I want to preface this by saying there's a lot of Christian bands that are, uh, you could just air quote it and just say Christian mm-hmm. or whatever. And that could go either way. You can have people trying to jump in on the Christian act that aren't Christian and trying to lean that way. Or you can have people that are trying to lean towards Christian on the Christian end that are trying to pull people in. But I feel like you guys are doing um, a pretty good job because it's vague. It's it's vague. So what would you consider yourselves really? So I would say, man, we we could do a whole podcast on this topic right here. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I would say that we are a band of Christians, but I would, and and that comes out. I mean, you, you can't uh, compartmentalize that. You know, it's 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 going to be it's part of who you are, so it's going to come out in your music. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that we are a Christian band because that can be like, I know when I was. When I would hear that, that would immediately pigeonhole that act and be like, okay, these people are going to be great with like uh, Switchfoot mm-hmm. and Reliant K and all these other like acceptable socially um, like vanilla bands that were tried to my, – my parents and, and other people tried to kind of like spoon feed me when I was younger. And I was like, this sucks. Give me suffocation. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I want um, – so yeah, just growing up in that, I remember just immediately being turned off by that label. Mm-hmm. But then I was really impressed by other bands like Thrice, who had very biblically inspired lyrics and themes and everything like that. But it wasn't like overt, um, like we're a Christian band, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Um, it it was, but in like a more real way. And so I guess that's that's what I aspire to as far as an artist to like really be honest and 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 share what's in me and what's happened in my life but then um do it in such a way that's like relatable and not cheesy because growing up in the 90s like we've had our share of cheese and terrible um terrible christian music so yeah um we discussed a few bands we'll just sweep naming the bands we thought were cheesy under the rug for now but i'm sure there's if there's any other people that kind of grew up christian and liked music kind of know what we're talking about um for those that don't 
uh, whatever. It's not really a loss <laughs> or a gain for you. You can just keep doing whatever you're doing. But I loved what you said. You used one word to describe all this, and it has it has almost nothing to do with the fact that religion plays any part in this. It's real. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. relatable. Like you said, it's it's not over cheese. You know, because there's that's why '80s hair metal died out because it was just it just at first it was kind of real and then it was just like cheese 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 and then it was just all cheese and then it just went away you know and that's kind of what happens with like you said some of these bands that really try to push the envelope of being we're this thing and we're only this thing and you have to know that we're this thing and and if you're not in on us being this thing then don't be in on us at all kind of deal you know and there were a lot of really good bands though that that towed the line pretty well like you said uh you know, I mean, you and I have differing opinions on music, I'm sure, but like Switchfoot wasn't like terrible. You know, that they were good. Yeah. They were a good band. You know, um, so. It's- and I maybe I shouldn't have lumped it in the bucket. I just remember like these, um, and I actually didn't grow up with. Uh, I remember the first record that I was allowed to buy was POD's Satellite. Yep. And so it was like, okay, here you can do, here you can have this, and this is like safe and so i actually wasn't even exposed to like switchfoot and reliant k until years and years later mm-hmm. but um i spent about 10 years of my life uh from like age i don't know 14 15 to like age 25 running as far and as hard as i could from anything involved mm-hmm. with god and jesus and christianity so like i remember seeing that label being like i you know, I want to go as far the opposite way as possible. So there was just this like set of approved musical artists that you could have. And I was like, that, you know, (laughs) I went the other way. And so yet when I became a Christian at 25, it was like, I I feel like I actually, there's this blackout in my life of, I missed out on that kind of culture and that what actually happened in there. And Switchfoot was one of those things where I didn't, that just went past me because I was way too into Black Dahlia Murder, which um, the newest record is dope, by the way. I still love it. <laughs> Dude, you're so right, though. Like, when you started naming a couple bands, it made me think, like, P.O.D., there was a lot of bands that leaned into that, we might be Christian kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, like, Creed did it even, you know? Yeah. Um, and they weren't, like, explicit or overt about it, but, like, Scott Stapp every now and then would kind of mention it, you know, a little bit here and there. And it was like, we're not a Christian band, but we're, you know, I'm a Christian and, you know, and it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, but I feel like there were a lot of bands that almost tried to like capitalize on this market that like, they thought like, and, oh, I, I could make some money off these people, you know, and it was just yeah. the disingenuousness that, or something. Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. That's, that's the thing that just makes my, my skin crawl with it. And people are hungry for it too, because like putting people and artists in boxes makes sense. I remember, I think it was last year or something like that. Like Chris Pratt mentioned that he he thanked God in like a speech or something like that. And people latched onto that and were like, he's a celebrity Christian. Like he believed and I saying God is like there are many religions that believe in God, you know, so that like people just want to jump and make an assumption about and like have a, a hero to look up to, you know. And I don't know, just I really like that disingenuousness and that using labels and stuff to make money is like it's been a long road back for me to walk as far as like not just hearing a label and being like, I don't want anything to do with that, you know, like in understanding the importance and the, the efficacy of like PR and putting like, okay, this band might be for fans of this, this, here's the genre, stuff like that. And not having it twisted to be like marketable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm totally with you because I, I feel like our, our lives sort of kind of parallel one another. Like I grew up pretty Christian in a, in a maybe sort of Christian-ish household, but like, I don't know, I went to church. It's actually how I started playing guitar was at a church. So like, yeah. I, I, that's something I've always said to people. If you go to church and you want to learn how to play guitar, you're at the perfect place to do it. <laughs> nobody's going to nobody's gonna be like, boo, from the C, pulpit. G, <laughs> yeah. minor, D, got it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs> but you know, it's like everyone's supportive. Nobody's going to boo you. Everyone's going to help you out. It's going to be fun. And that's how yeah. I got started. And it gave me a big confidence boost and things like that. And I, I kind of like you just kind of eventually just turned and ran from it. And then it wasn't until I went back to college and took an, like an intro to religions course where I was just like, oh, it's I, I demonized this thing that shouldn't have ever been demonized. And now I have a broader mm-hmm. outlook on life and I'm a little bit more understanding about things. And, and like you said... I, like a Christian, used to just see somebody like, oh, Hulk Hogan's got a cross necklace on. He's such a cool Christian. He's world champion wrestler, dude. And then you're like, what? People, brother. (laughs) (laughs) But then you're like, is he really, you know, is he doing justice? And and is is what he's doing, like spreading, quote unquote, the word? And it's like, well, then I don't know. But that's, that's that towing the line thing or trying to market yourself into something that might not actually be there. Yeah. And, that's, and then you see the, the abuse of things with like uh, Trumpism and like the the marriage of like evangelical Christianity and the Republican Party. We can yeah. – a whole other podcast yeah. thing. Right this there. definitely yeah. isn't a religion podcast. But like I guess the point I'm trying to get at is is I had to ask you. So like you guys are doing – I had to ask you if you were you know Christian band or whatever. But that just means that you guys are, are doing – as far as I'm concerned, doing it right. You're not mm-hmm. – pushing anything down anybody's throats. You're not trying to just be like, Hey, you guys should all buy our stuff. Cause we're this thing, you know, like you said, you're, you're kind of using the boxes, but you're not really putting yourself like all my eggs aren't in this basket. That's mm-hmm. like probably the best way I can use the analogy, you know? Um, uh, if, if anybody's looking for the music, like I said, it's all over online, Spotify. I've got links that are going to be in the description section of this podcast for all this. So if, if you're intrigued by this, um, like I said, I had to listen to your music a decent amount of times before I even like thought like, I wonder if these guys are a Christian. And then I, like, like I said, I even had to ask you. So it's not, like I said, it's not overt. You guys are doing a beautiful job at it. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those weird things that, uh, in today's society, it's, it's, everybody's got to toe a line somewhere to not offend somebody else, you know? And I, it's, it's just such a weird thing. And I feel like why, I don't know why religion gets thrown in there too. Like you said, and it's politics and it's, it's, it's this big mess. So like, it's nice that you guys aren't pigeonholing or labeling yourself this way. I loved the fact that you guys said you're, you're kind of like thrice. And that's another band where it's like, I would have never just been like, these guys are Christian, you know, like a Christian band, they're pushing it down your throat. No, that's, and that's a perfect example for what you guys are doing. It's, um, it's, it's very beautiful music that's being, you know, the lyrical content fits along with it and it's, it's thought provoking is, is the best way I could say it. Cool. Well, yeah, man, I mean, I feel like we talked about, you know, being genuine and disingenuous and stuff like that. Like I would be disingenuous if I, I came to you and felt like I had all the answers. <laughs> all I can really present in my, my, is like my messy life <laughs> and my own journey and like what I've been through and what I've experienced and, that's the coolest part that honestly, the part that I miss about shows is that like being able to talk to people, ask them about their own art, ask them about their experiences like that, like, and, and just have those kind of conversations. Cause people are actually a lot more open to it than, um, 
you like it, we kind of have this weird fear of like oh man don't talk about it don't talk about it like religious and, and stuff like that and like honestly people especially at bars <laughs> are really open to like talking about that kind of stuff and so we've just made a ton of friends and met some super cool people like doing that um so yeah we just we kind of go and we we like I, a lot of people won't step foot in a church fair but like who says we can't bring like what church we think ought to be like out into the world, like out to people and be able to like talk and, and like have those meaningful spiritual conversations. So it's yeah. kind of what it comes there. back down to you guys would not have thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of views online if your music wasn't good. So it comes back to just, I like to just bring it right back to the music is good. People like it. And I think everyone should check it out, especially if you're into that, like, post-punk you know hard hardcore ish um 2003 kind of rock sound that that was going around and I, one of the things i like to think about when when i listen to music is just like how did these people come up with this you know and that's i mean i'm kind of a like i said i play a lot of punk music and metal and so like everything i play is is like oh well he's just destroying the pentatonic blues scale here like just just wrecking it just speeding through it you know or like you know, you just usually kind of play the same kind of stuff, but this is, I don't know what the right word for it would be. Like it's, it's almost progressive rock of some sort, but it's not like what people you and I would know as like prog rock or prog metal, sure. you know, we actually, so, um, in one like group that I'm on, on the, on the internets and train network and stuff like that, one guy was like, all right, post your, post your shitty bands and I'll roast them. And, uh, <laughs> like, and I, I posted our band and, and his, his feedback was, Oh great. Another prog rock band trying to get into warp tour. And I was like, I'm, I'm not even mad. Like that's, that's actually for me that, that really hits right there. So I was like, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. With that. Yeah. Anybody so. watching the videos should saw my facial expression. I went, Hmm, you know, like I, that's actually not a bad thing. You know, like I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind getting on warp tour. I mean, it's over with now, but that would have been something super cool. RIP warped. Yeah. Yeah. I never, never yeah. once got to one. Never once. Same, same Z's. Yeah. yeah. Sad, but yeah. yeah, life gets in the way. What are you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Pandemics yep. and that stuff, but no, I try like for, you know, I always try and when writing songs, I, I try and push myself as far as like strange choices. Um, and my band, sometimes they hate me for it because I'm big, a fan of like mixed meters and different time signatures and like weird chord progressions and stuff like that. And if anything catches my ear, I'm going to continue to like dig into that. So I'm always kind of looking for that weird vibe that like actually mixes and walks that balance between like poppy and catchy and then like, Oh, that chord shouldn't be there, but that, hmm, that kind of, so yeah, trying to find live in that tension, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing better than being a musician on stage, playing some stuff and then having another musician give you that like intrigued look, look, hmm, that would cool. What you just did there, you know, like, like you said, you can, you can do the mixed time signature type thing, but you can also, that can get convoluted in a hurry, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and like we kind of mentioned earlier, that, that might be one of those things where like the shreddier prog bands, you know, they can get away with some of that stuff because there's so much, so many notes going on. But like when you start to slow things down in the BPMs, it's kind of, it's a little bit more important to try to put the space between the notes where they're supposed to be, you know, when you start mixing yeah. time signatures. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. I like to challenge myself. I mean, I think of even a wait for spring. I mean, sometimes I, I geek out too much on musical stuff. And so I'm like, oh, this is in five, four. And no one like people don't care. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like wait for spring. I wanted to write like a more of a pop punky song, but I wanted to do it using a five, four meter. And that's I mean, the chorus is is in five, four. And then I don't know I'm I'm excited about that. And then our be not burned up has a whole bunch of time signature changes and stuff like that. And so I think for me, my goal is to do it in a way that's con, like congruent and flows mm-hmm. instead of being like really choppy and robotic and weird, like trying to take something that's off kilter and making it poppy is what I what I like to do here. I like I like that analogy because, I mean, I, I like prog rock and prog metal. I ended up kind of leaning towards uh, a genre that was like instrumental math rock is what it, you know like some cool. people called it. So it's that goofy time signature stuff and uh, listening to how some people mix it in there and how sometimes it's so seamless where you're like, oh, well, wait, there's seven, eight time right now. What's that all about? Like, you know, you don't, you don't yeah. realize it until it's almost over and then you're like, oh dang, that was kind of weird because they, they did this thing. And uh, that's something I'm going to have to go back through and listen to some of your stuff and try and dissect some of the beats and see if I can pull some of those out. Because that's kind of fun to listen to other people's music and be like, what is there? They change keys or what's going on here, you know? And you kind of try to dissect what's going on. And, um, you know, like like I said earlier, I, I'm i always intrigued by other people's music when it's something that, like, my brain wouldn't have thought of, you know? So it's like, yeah. that's pretty interesting this person thought of this stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, micah we've we've covered an hour here believe it or not this has been a real easy conversation with you so uh, i gotta say thanks for for joining me today we've we've discussed quite a few things here a uh, new single recently came out another one's coming out um next month correct mm-hmm. yep. right. end of march yep so uh check them out so all the social media is down below for the august guns um no live shows booked as of yet but you, know, yeah. you never know it's coming though you know 2021's here and it's before you know it we'll all be out there playing live shows again so check them out um everything there's down below in the description section so uh micah i gotta say thanks if there's anything else you want to add to this uh throw it in there buddy you know i i feel like the responsible band person in me is like check it all out but you've already done that so i don't know it was fun it was fun to talk to you it was it, the hour flew by so um thank you for giving me this opportunity and um hi mom if she's ever listening so. <laughs> yeah. oh man well don't go away we're gonna end the interview here but uh i'll talk to you just a little bit afterwards here so thanks cool. man that's good all right thank you yeah, what I tell you, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. I, you know, it's really interesting to hear how bands form and how they just, you know, decide to describe their sound or, or how the sound even comes out. Because you know, I play music too, but it's also really interesting to me to hear music that wouldn't be something that I would think of out of my head. And I'm, a, I'm a big fan of, you know, the the post rock kind of kind of music that these guys play. It's, uh, it's melodic, but it's, it's still pretty straightforward. It's, it's, it's not quite like punk rock but it's 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 got this like rock-ish feel but like i said it's a it's a big sound for just three people to be making so hats off to everybody in the august guns love the tunes hopefully i'll be seeing you guys live sometime in the future i'm really looking forward to that gotta say shout out to micah for taking some time out of his day to sit and talk to me really appreciate it micah uh hats off i also gotta say that there let's see here my my last guest and this guest have the same last name but i don't think they're related although i did not ask them if they were related so um 
yeah, I guess Cameron. I don't, I don't think Cameron and Micah are related. But if they are, that'd be that'd be really cool. Maybe I should have spaced them out instead of having two people with the same last name right next to each other. Um, I don't think they're related, but maybe check out both of their music and hit hit them up and see if they are. Uh, it'd be cool to actually see Eugene Levy and the August Guns on a show together. Uh, I mean, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, speaking of the August Guns, all of their links are down below. Check out all the links you can find um, online, anywhere you want to listen to music and just all the good stuff. So check them out. They're down below. So that's all the links you got to know as far as what's going on. Um, maybe check out some of their upcoming music because they're, they're putting out music this year. So that's one of my other favorite things about bands is if, if they're not going to be playing, they, they should be putting out music. And uh, a lot of them are. A lot of bands are working hard to try to do something, making music videos, doing live streams, anything. Because you know, it, it once again, it comes down to, we talked about it in this episode, there's there's bands that play live and there's bands that aren't play live and some can't play live and some are choosing not to and some some do play live and I, I mean, I've played a few live shows but um, based on, I mean, just based on the fact that when you go out there, there's, there's a lot of people out there at some shows, I totally understand why some people are choosing not to play shows. So um, hats off to everybody for, for sticking to their guns and doing what they think is right. So... I'm, I'm never going to judge somebody for choosing to play or not play a show, especially right now. Uh, if you're going to play a show, just be as safe as you can. And if you don't think you're going to feel safe out there, then don't play a show. And it's just really great to know that there's people out there that have their heads screwed on straight and really, you know, understand everything that's going on. And um, once again, no, no shaming going on as far as, as people playing shows or people not playing shows. I'm not going to pick a side, and I refuse to. So uh, if you're playing music, uh, I appreciate you guys going out playing music. If you're not playing music, I totally understand where everybody's coming from. So um, the August Guns, I, I don't believe have any live shows coming up. Uh, we talked about a little bit in this episode. They're not really going to be playing too much um, until everything kind of clears out. So what you gotta do is scroll down below, click on all their, give them the like and the follow and stream all their music. Just check out their music on Spotify. It's got a lot of streams actually, if you wanna wanna check that out for a quote unquote local band, you know, they've got quite a few streams. So uh, hats off to everybody in the August Guns. You guys are working hard and uh, still just just rolling in the streams and everybody's loving it. So I, I appreciate you guys um, going out there making new music and I appreciate Micah for taking time out of his day to sit down and talk to me. Great, once again, great person. And uh, yeah, speaking of checking out links and everything, if you guys want to scroll all the way to the bottom of the description, there's some Audible Farm links down there. You can watch video versions of the podcast on our Patreon page. It only costs $1 a month, and there's usually four episodes a month, so each episode only costs a quarter. Otherwise, the YouTube page is free. Everything on there is free. There's clips, there's video clips, there's uh, the full audio versions of the podcast are there, so you can listen to them there if you would like. They are all there, ready to be absorbed by everybody. Once again, the audio versions are free. They're always going to be free. There's no way around that. It's just just the way we do it. Podcasts are supposed to be free, so they're free. But uh, if you guys are want to go above and beyond and pay an extra buck, $1 a month, um, a quarter an episode, then uh, you can watch the video versions on the Patreon. Otherwise, if you want to support the podcast uh, monetarily and don't want to do the Patreon, there is also a shop with some merch and some stickers in there and some other stuff. So check that out as well. Otherwise, uh, everybody that's liked, followed, subscribed, poked, tweeted, um, Instagram, shared, whatever, uh, I really appreciate it. It's it's every week people are sharing stuff. Liking the, new people are liking the page. New people are sharing the page. Uh, <laughs> I do also have to say I did play a show this last weekend. And when I did, somebody came up to me that I did not know um, and said they listened to the podcast. I'm fairly certain I have them on my Facebook, but um, 
once again, I, I don't have time to know everybody personally that's on my Facebook. So it's really cool when people come up and tell me they listen to the episode and they're, they're looking for people and finding people on there that they know. And just warms my heart to know that what I'm doing here is, is not just falling on deaf ears. So thank you guys very, very much. If you like the podcast, let some people know you like the podcast. Send them links to your favorite episodes. If, if it's somebody you think they might be interested in something, send that to them. Otherwise, if you found this episode and you're like, I didn't even know this podcast existed. Maybe scroll backwards. You might find some people you know in some of the other episodes. And uh, you, you never know. I've interviewed a lot of different people. And uh, just got to say thanks. It's been it's been awesome. It's been over two years I've been doing this. And I've only missed one week ever. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate everybody listening. I really do. So uh, make sure you hit the subscribe, like, and, and all that other stuff. And share the podcast if you like it. Word of mouth works great. And, uh, hey, I got to say I appreciate you guys sitting down and listening to this episode. I got to give a shout out once again to Micah. And uh, that's the episode for this week. I'm out. Peace.